Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. Happy Rosh Hashanah to those celebrating. All right, let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got what's on tap this week with government funding and the January 6th committee hearing. Number two, who we're watching. And number three, a rundown of everything we learned at TribFest in Austin, Texas. All right, let's get into it. Due to the holiday, the House is out of session on Monday and Tuesday. The Senate is out today, but has a very high-profile vote Tuesday on the legislative vehicle for a short-term government funding bill. This is the bill that we have been talking about for at least the past week plus. Federal agencies will, of course, run out of funding on Friday, so this vote will be key to what unfolds this week. Lawmakers are anxious to get back home to campaign ahead of the midterm election, so they are looking to wrap up legislative business as soon as possible. The continuing resolution, which has still not been formally unveiled, will include more than $12 billion in military and economic aid for Ukraine. The continuing resolution, which still has not been formally unveiled, will include more than $12 billion in military and economic aid for Ukraine a top priority for the White House and congressional leaders in both parties. The package also calls for reauthorizing FDA user fees, money for resettling Afghan refugees, low-income winter heating assistance, and disaster relief in Jackson, Mississippi. This government funding bill will keep federal agencies open through mid-December. Appropriators hope to have an omnibus spending package for the remainder of the fiscal year 2023 finished by then. All right, but let's get into the drama here, really. It's not about all of those high-level kind of big spending priorities that are expected to be shoved in as part of this government funding package. Uh, This is all coming down to Joe Manchin. Once again, the senator from West Virginia uh, has been pushing that permitting reform proposal. We've been talking about it, known officially as the Energy Independence and Security Act of 2022. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has pledged to attach the Manchin proposal to the CR. Yet, of course, as we've been discussing uh, and you've been hearing Jake and myself talk about for uh, the past several days, there's significant opposition from both sides of the aisle to the measure. For different reasons, Republicans don't want to give Manchin another legislative win. They are still sore uh, because they believe he misled them over the Inflation Reduction Act. While you have other progressive Democrats, especially Senator Bernie Sanders, the independent from Vermont, complaining that the package would lead to more oil and natural gas drilling. That has not stopped Manchin from his public and private lobbying campaign over the weekend. He appeared on Fox News Sunday. He also wrote an op-ed for the Wall Street Journal. A mansion aide told us the West Virginia Democrat, quote, was working the phones over the weekend and shored up several more Republican votes. Manchin is confident there's a path to 60 votes for the cl- for cloture on the motion to proceed to the legislative vehicle for the CR. So that is what Tuesday is all about. Can Manchin get 260 or not? If not, Schumer will strip the Manchin proposal from the CR and move ahead anyway. Timing is of the essence. Government funding runs out on Friday, so the CR must pass by the end of this week. 
Manchin believes failure to pass his proposal will be a huge missed opportunity for the country. We will have to see. Lawmakers want to head home as soon as possible. So don't underestimate some of that quote-unquote Senate magic. Once the CR uh, and Manchin situation is resolved, meanwhile, across the Capitol, House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer has warned members that the chamber will stay in session through this weekend if necessary to avoid a government shutdown. Nothing like doing the business of the country right up until the absolute last minute. Hoyer also said the House could vote on legislation to ban stock trading by members and senior staff before it adjourns. This has been that long-awaited proposal that House Administration Committee Chair Zoe Lofgren, the Democrat from California, has taken the lead on. She, however, has been noncommittal on timing beyond saying she hopes to release the package very soon. The other big event we will all be watching on Capitol Hill will be the January 6th Select Committee's hearing on Wednesday. This is the last hearing for the panel before Election Day. Of course, adding to that drama is there's very little detail about what this hearing is actually going to be about. Representative Adam Schiff, the Democrat from California, a member of that select committee, told Jake Tapper on CNN's State of the Union that the hearing could be potentially more sweeping than some of the other hearings, but that it will also be thematic. One other point, just as you start your Monday, is on the economic front. The hawkish anti-inflation push on interest rates last week by the Federal Reserve and other central banks is continuing to royal world financial markets. In Britain, where the government is cutting taxes and increasing spending, the pound hit a record low against the dollar. Wall Street will be closely watching the release of the personal consumer expenditures for August on Friday. This is the Fed's preferred tool for measuring inflation. PCE covers household spending and income. Policymakers are hoping for some signs that the U.S. inflation is cooling off. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Who we are watching this week comes as no surprise that Senator Joe Manchin, the Democrat from West Virginia, is atop that list. Of course, as we were just talking about, Manchin's permitting reform proposal faces a key procedural vote on Tuesday night. Senior Senate Republicans oppose the measure, as do many progressive Democrats, but Manchin has been working it hard to round up the votes, and we will have to see if he has that pathway to 60. The other people were watching, Representatives Benny Thompson and Liz Cheney, the co-chairs of the Select Committee investigating the January 6th insurrection, are holding another hearing on Wednesday, the final public session before members return home for Election Day. And as I noted above, they have not yet said what this hearing will focus on, which has further upped the drama. And the third person we're watching, Zoe Lofgren, that Democrat from California, chair of the House Admin Committee and a key ally of Speaker Nancy Pelosi. The big question is going to be how and how successfully does she uh, is she actually when it comes to facing the difficult task of crafting legislation to ban stock trading by members and senior staffers? Well, the idea has become hugely popular, even among lawmakers. Turning that concept into a workable bill has been quite the challenge. So we will have to see if she actually unveils what that package looks like. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. 
what we learned in Austin, Texas. Punchbowl News was down in force at the Texas Tribune Festival. We had an, a tent on Opus Open Congress on Saturday featuring members of Congress, mayors, congressional candidates, and best-selling authors. We had a just an awesome time down in Austin. Can't thank the Tribune, uh, the Texas Tribune more for their partnership on the event. Just want to give you a quick rundown of some of the highlights uh, of things that we uh, we learned during these kind of just an amazing day, jam-packed, really fun to also just be back in person. We kicked off the morning, Jake and myself, with a conversation with Representative Adam Schiff on January 6th. Uh, it was a packed tent, a standing room only at the back. Um, you know, Schiff talked a lot about January 6th and the next steps for the panel investigating the Capitol attack as much as he possibly could. We pressed him. Uh, he was uh, not giving us a ton of details, but he did say the next steps will include compiling the report, chasing down what remaining evidence we can and pushing recommendations for how to protect the country. We also pressed Schiff on his lead, his potential leadership bid, as we've been spending a lot of ink recently on. Uh, Schiff, who's mulling that run for House Democratic leadership, took a somewhat controversial stance when he endorsed term limits for committee chairs. Republicans have those term limits in place, but Democrats have resisted such calls. Schiff said, we need to do more to rapidly elevate people to positions of leadership. He also told us he raised $1.1 million over three weeks in August and September for the D-Trip and Democratic candidates. Schiff campaigned for 17 candidates in person. Our second panel included a trio of Republicans from Texas expected to be in the House next Congress, Wesley Hunt, Monica De La Cruz, and Morgan Luttrell, uh, sat down with Jake Sherman and the three Texas Republican congressional candidates seen as the future of the party, dished on how they view the political landscape. Monica De La, La Cruz, who's running for the open Texas 15th district in the southern part of the state, predicted that the Republican Party will win over Hispanic voters in 2022. Wesley Hunt, who's seeking a newly created Houston area seat, said Kevin McCarthy is going to be Speaker of the House, and we're all in agreement about that. And Morgan Luttrell, running in retiring Representative Kevin Brady's district, said he would not have supported billions of dollars of military and economic aid to Ukraine following the Russian invasion in February, a revealing sign of how a potential Republican House majority would view foreign aid. Heather Cagle sat down with Jasmine Crockett and Greg Kassar on progressive House politics for a really interesting panel and look at how these two progressive Democrats seeking safely blue Texas House seats are going to view leadership, view their membership, uh, and kind of how they want to see alliances in particular, both, uh, did not say that they were looking to be members of the squad on day one. Um, thought that was very interesting. Kesar chimed in on the debate over term limits for committee chairs. Uh, he said, I really think that the person running the committee should be the person who's going to run the committee best. And interestingly enough, both Crockett and Kesar indicated support for Speaker Nancy Pelosi serving another term atop the House Democratic Caucus. I sat down with a trio of mayors to talk climate change. Um, we had a really interesting conversation with Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner, New Orleans Mayor Latoya Cantrell, and San Antonio Mayor Ron Nuremberg, each 
really just indicating the pressure that they are feeling in the real world impact of the climate getting hotter and how to try to mitigate that, um, you know, especially in both New Orleans and uh, Houston, just some of being at the eye of some of these storms. Uh, New Orleans Mayor Latoya Cantrell, who's a Democrat, said New Orleans is really on the front lines of the climate crisis. Storms are coming faster. Our focus is on mitigation and ad- adaptation. Uh, and San Antonio Mayor Ron Nuremberg, an independent, discussed how economics may motivate climate skeptics, saying that even if they can't get there on the issue, that they might be able to turn skeptics on because, because of the economic argument. Even if you don't buy into climate change from a science perspective, you can understand the dollars and cents, he said. Susan Glasser and Peter Baker, two friends of the program, uh, are out with a new book and sat down with Jake, um, Susan Glasser of The New Yorker, New York Times, as Peter Baker discussed The Divider, Trump in the White House, 2017 to 2022. Um, Really a a great conversation. Their book has a ton of revealing anecdotes. Um, One thing that really caught my my ear was Glasser pushing back on the narrative that the former president is charming in a one-on-one setting. This man is not charming, Glasser said. He's a self-absorbed, rambling, narcissistic old man who doesn't care what your questions are. All right, with that, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Please leave us a rating and review or share the Daily Punch. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also subscribe to our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.